the 2019 Doctrine and Devotion Conference on Biblical Theology featuring keynote speaker James Hamilton is going down May 3rd and 4th. There's still time to register to get in on all the goods, all the fellowship, all the edification. Stay tuned for more details. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. How you doing, man? That's great. You walked in, we got mm. set up real quick. Nice day, sun's shining. Oh, yeah. It's been yeah. good. I so, relaxed this morning. And th- thanks for the cigar. Yeah. It's nice. You brought me a cigar. Of course. So you come in, you got your Canada Dry Lemon Lime Sparkling Water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've noticed that you, uh, when you sat down, you took the gum out of your mouth. Stop. You know, the gum that you were chewing. Stop. And you have it stuck on the top of your can Stop. of Canada Dry Lemon Lime Sparkling Seltzer Water. Now, I'm, I'm confused about this because- Why, why are you confused? Hey, first of all, why would you want to save a chewed up piece of gum? Secondly, why would you put it on your, there's places you could put it around here. You you stuck it to the underneath of the tab that you mm-hmm. have to pull to open the can. Yeah. What are you doing? What kind of a barbarian are no, you? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Listen, we all don't have that book money that you have that we could just oh, really? chew gum willy nilly. Okay. Some of us have to make sure you have we to get ration the most, your gum. We have you're to ra- make the most use of our gum. So, you, you, you're, you're, so okay. So, first of all, hmm. Um, don't bring I, I my finances really, into it. I didn't it. realize okay. you had this black budget okay. where you could just go ahead it's, it's and It's a white buy. budget, okay. And, <laughs> you uh, could buy all the gum you want. Okay. Uh, okay, so assuming that you are in conservation mode, which I don't think the Fowler household understands, um, I think what that's, that a, I think that's oh, a lie. Because I'm fat? No, because you make money. I don't yeah. think you're and all you know, like, you yeah. know how I save my money and conserve it? Yeah. Not uh, wasting gum. Is? Okay, that's a good answer. That's a good <laughs> Not answer. Not okay. I'm going to give that to you. But now- you sticking it on the can. So, like, you're basically, what kind of gum is it? What, what kind of gum is it? I don't want to go over this. No, I want to know what kind of gum it is. It's mint. Okay. So, right where your nose goes, when you're drinking so your I, lemon lime, you're smelling mint. Yeah. So, now I'm now my brain thinks oh I'm having gosh. a lemon mint water. Okay. So, it's it's really, it's a life hack is what it is. The, okay. Life hack. All right. I'll give it to you. Good stuff. <laughs> How are you going to make fun of me for this? Oh, oh because it looks so bad. I hope it gets stuck in your mustache. Oh, my gosh. Great. The gum. That would be hilarious. Oh. How about you, man? How's your day going? Good, good, good day. Um, got a lot done and overslept, so that wasn't. Uh, I didn't Ooh, mean to do that. That yeah, was an but accident. You deserve it since mm-hmm. I woke you up early yesterday <laughs> on my day off. Thanks, bro. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, we're gonna wrap up here. I got to go home, and then tonight we're having the elders fellowship. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Gonna be elders fun, and man. staff tonight. That's right, elders and staff. So yeah, we'll hang out, have some pasta. It'd be a good time. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. So yeah, and today we get to sit down. We get to talk about. Repentance. Repentance. So now we're looking at the 1689. We're, we're going into chapter 15. Yeah. Now, Joe, we're usually, though, we'd start with, you know, paragraph one. But today we're going to start with paragraph three. We're Why jumping ahead. That? We're jumping ahead because, well, just because we can. It's our podcast. We do what yeah, we well, want. You know, yeah, um, fair enough. Good but, point. Uh, but the reason behind it is because we really, it's it's a logical flow. It's beautiful. I like the way, especially if you're reading through the confession, it leads right into repentance in a very natural way. But since we're talking about repentance here and we're going to do it in at least two sessions, 
we really wanted to start by giving a definition on the front end, explaining what is repentance, the nature of repentance, and all of that. Which the 1689 gets into in paragraph three, right? So rather gonna, than paragraph one, right? So we're gonna get we're gonna jump ahead just to do that, and then we're gonna go back uh, to the top starting next Monday. So today we're just gonna jump right in, and we've covered repentance before uh, on the podcast. And uh, you can you can look. I think I can't remember for sure. I think it's episode eight. But you know, at uh, doctrineanddevotion.com, you can just go to our search feature, and if you type in a word there, it will search all the articles and all the podcasts and all the videos, and it'll show you what we've got. And so, yeah, go ahead and look for repentance there. We've uh, covered this before, uh, covered some different material there. And so, yeah, you can check that out. But today, today we're in uh, 1689, 15.3. Do you mm. have that up, Jimmy? Yes, I do. You want to read it? Yep. Uh, this saving repentance is an evangelical grace whereby a person being by the Holy Spirit made sensible of the manifold evils of his sin does by faith in Christ humble himself for it with godly sorrow, detestation of it, and self-abhorrency, praying for pardon and strength of grace with a purpose and endeavor by supplies of the, the Spirit to walk before God unto all well-pleasing in all things. Nice. This is beautiful. It's really well written. It's theologically tight. Uh, mm -hmm. We like this thing. And in fact, as Jimmy and I were reading through this chapter in preparation for today's episode, you know, we we found ourselves uh, a, little, a little convicted again. You know, it's 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 helpful. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I it's, was yeah. I was I was torn up from the were you tore up from the floor up? Is that is that how the expression goes? I've never heard that expression. You stop it. Never tore up from the floor up. Never heard it. Never. Okay, somebody never. explain to Jimmy like how. Unbelievable Ever. this is. How is that unbelievable? Because you basically grew up in the 90s. and uh, so Tore up from the floor up? Yeah. I Google mean, it. I'm not Googling it. Okay. So, um, so yeah, yeah. It, it just means you were really tore up. Okay. From the floor up. From the floor up. <laughs> <laughs> like it knocked, knocked me out of my shoes? Yeah, you know. like you know, Okay, so okay, that, that makes better sense. Yeah, knocked, yeah, I, yeah. Knocked, you not know, exactly. Not, not exactly. I got it. I got it. Exactly. Knock my socks off. All right. So as we're looking at this thing, um, one of the things that – should be obvious in the reading of paragraph three is that repentance is not only a duty, but it is also a gift, right? Because mm. it says that saving repentance is an evangelical grace. Oh, like that's man. the word. So but before we, before we say that, um, because that's, I think the lesser known truth in the minds of a lot of people that repentance is a grace or a gift um, is more generally thought of properly as a duty. It is a responsibility, right? You can't um, you can't read the scripture without being confronted with the call to repentance. Uh, you know, throughout mm -hmm. uh, it, Old Testament, New Testament, it is everywhere. Every person is responsible for their own sin yeah. and for their own guilt. Yeah, and everyone everyone owes God and, and others sorrow, right? Sorrow mm -hmm. for the the sin that they commit against them, confession of their sin, right, and then a turning away from their sin. Yeah, it's our responsibility. And we, we, we know this, right? In fact, I don't even think we need, I think natural law can teach us this, right? Just through conscience. Like we know I've done mm -hmm. something wrong. Uh, I need to make it right. I don't, I'm not, maybe I won't make it right. Maybe I'll push back against that. But most but you understand, people understand. You understand that you crossed the line. Yeah. And now how do you, how do you make that right? Well, you got to go and confess, talk to those people. Um, you know, like you said, sorrow, confession and turning, right? So you're, you're, this is how you make amends, mm -hmm. right? With your, with people that you, you interact with. 
and before God, we not only owe that to God, I mean, to people, but we also owe this to God in that, yeah. you know, he expects, and we're going to talk about this, godly sorrow, godly confession, and legitimate turning. So, yes, it is a duty that all people are responsible to perform, but it is also a gift, right? It's an evangelical grace. Yeah, I mean, it is a gift in that we would not repent apart from God's gracious working right. in our hearts, right? Acts eleven eight. when they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. So why would God grant repentance, Jimmy? Why would he give repentance to somebody? Well, I mean, because in our own natural state, in our depravity, we are unable to attain that. We, we right. don't want to repent. We, we don't, don't desire God. We don't love God. We're not truly evangelically sorrow, sorry for yeah. our sins. Right. And so... It is a responsibility that we have, but our the moral ability, uh, not the natural ability, but the moral ability of the heart or of the will is so jacked, it's not going to work in that way. So this brings us back to regeneration and all the accompanying saving graces of salvation. So um, yeah, it is, it is something that God grants because we can't do it. And mm -hmm. he is in the business of magnifying himself and uh, glorifying himself. And one of the ways in which he does that is by saving a people for his own possession. So this falls into the ordo salutis, into the order of salvation, right? That um, that uh, the person who is elected is uh, effectually drawn by the spirit. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is, you know, we're, in that we recruit, include uh, regeneration and faith and repentance, all of this connected to our saving experience. Now this this work that we're that we're talking about here this, this gift this gift this this uh, work of is is a work of the spirit right this is um you know and it says this in the confession doesn't it yeah uh, whereby a person being by the Holy Spirit made sensible of the manifold evils of his own sin right, right. so the spirit is at work in their heart and mind of man and he made sensible mm -hmm. so he, he like eyes open. Yeah, sees that the, the manifold evils of his sin, the the how horrible it is, uh, and and desires to confess. Right, and so this is you know the confession says you know that this is a work of the spirit. I mean, John sixteen eight is one of those passages that where Jesus talks about the spirit will come, and when the spirit comes, he will convict us of sin. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of the things that that the spirit. So it's not just conscience. That leads to repentance, right? Conscience doesn't lead to repentance, like an, an afflicted conscience where you're like, oh, wow, I feel bad about this thing. It is a, it is deeper and more profound than that. It is the spirit that moves upon us mm. to reveal to us all of these things that are included uh, in the work of repentance so that we know what we've done, who we've offended, and how we're supposed to go forward. So, Joe, how, how would we then, we've been talking about repentance, and we've been saying repentance and repentance. How would we define repentance? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good definitions out there. Well, the one that we've used before uh, quite a bit, both in our preaching and teaching and, and even here on the podcast, is uh, Thomas Watson. He's got that great little treatise on repentance that you can buy. It's Banner yeah. Truth Publication. Or you can even find it online for free, I'm sure. Um, but he defines repentance as... Uh, a grace of God's spirit, whereby a sinner is inwardly humbled and outwardly conformed. Mm. And then he says, for a further amplification, know that repentance is a spiritual medicine made up of six ingredients. <laughs> six special ingredients. Yeah, well, because, you know, it's it's a special kind of grace. Uh, sight <laughs> of sin, sorrow for sin, confession of sin, shame for sin, hatred of sin, 
turning from mm. sin. Now, we're not going to walk through all of that, but you, you can see what, what Watson is doing here, right? It's a grace of God's spirit. Yeah. We are inwardly humbled, humbled but outwardly reformed, reformed. right? Oh. It, that's, it's a holistic change that's happening in a person. Yeah. So one can't say that they're inwardly humbled if there's not that outward reformation and, right. and vice versa, right? Just because someone is outwardly, mm-hmm. but their, their heart's not in it, then that's not truly Still repentance. not true. But, you know, I, 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 I used to know this woman, I guess I used to, cause I don't, I've been years since I've talked to her, but uh, she had this habit of sort of defending people uh, who were doing really messed up things and whose lives were just spiraling out of control. And she would say, but, you know, they have a good heart <laughs> and it's like, Okay, I, I think I understand what they're what she was trying to say, um, which was you know they're not all bad you know like they they're sweet in certain areas they they you know they demonstrate kindness in others, but it, it that can easily be uh, a way of sort of dismissing the external realities of an internally corrupt heart. Like, oh, no, 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 his his heart on the inside is fine. You just can't tell by the outside. You're also dismissing their need of the gospel. Yeah, right. Potentially, yeah. I mean, that's it's like, well, if, if my heart is fine, then I don't really know. Well, what's about the it. point? So then we also have things like the Baptist Catechism, right, Jimmy? And uh, question 94. Yeah, question 94. Uh, what is repentance unto life? Right? The answer repentance unto life is a saving grace whereby a sinner, out of a true sense of his sin and apprehension of the mercy of God in Christ, does with grief and hatred of his sin turn from it unto God. With full purpose of and endeavor after new obedience. Ooh, that's such a good one. Oh, I, that's so compact. Say, I love that. Yeah, that's that that's that's the best definition out there yeah. in my mind. It's it's really really good. And of course, we say it's from the Baptist Catechism. You know, we lifted it from the Westminster yeah. Shorter Catechism. Uh, but you get the idea uh, of what we're talking about when we're talking about repentance here, right? It's a grace of God, internal change, external change, mm-hmm. um, and this one's really clear. Now, what now? What is in this definition is unpacked in the 1689, and we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But, Jimmy, before we do, let's just um, give people the lowdown on the conference. It's coming up. The, oh, goodness. The Doctrine and Devotion Conference on Biblical man, Theology. Man, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Yeah, it's turning out really great, man. We've, you've lots already seen. People. We've got lots of people are coming. We've got um, – we still have – room for, for registrants. So if you want to register, go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash conference. But man, you've seen, we've been releasing pictures of the t-shirt that that's that you're going to get if you register for the conference and all the swag that's mm. in the swag bag. The journal, mean, and we haven't actually released everything yet. No, not everything. We haven't even, have we discussed the giveaways? We haven't put up the giveaways yet. We've talked about a couple of the giveaways. Yeah, but we, haven't we haven't put them online. Them. We yeah. got to do that. So not only if you're a registered, if you're registered for the conference and you show up, you're going to get this swag bag. It's going to be filled with a bunch of books and stuff. It's going to be great. Really good stuff. You're also going to get a t-shirt. But then while you are at the conference, we're going to be giving away a lot of stuff live right there that isn't a part of the swag bag. That's going to be fun. That's going to be good. So we've only got 400 sets of swag. You want to head on over to doctordevotion.com slash conference, register, get in on one of the great breakout sessions, and make sure as you're doing your travel plans, you've got time for one of the after parties. So we're going to be listing those details on the website. Uh, obviously, one is going to be Levita. People know that. So Joe will be over at Levita. But uh, there's another spot we're going to be getting together for uh, for the, the non-cigar uh, for people. people that you know would they, rather they, not go they, there. So they that's want to fine. Clean air. Exactly. exactly. There you go. People you that you know, want to care for their lungs. Yeah. Uh, we'll be over at the office. Yes. And now, listen, um, Jimmy. You know, I know after parties, like everybody wants to go. So it's probably mm-hmm. a cover charge, right? Like how much is it going to cost people to go to an after party? Because usually those are those are for the like the the special, the, li- the limited, mm-hmm. elite. How much does it cost to go to the after party? 
Nothing. There you go. That's how we do it. It's free, just like the gospel. Yeah, unless unless you're going to Levita where you have to buy a cigar. You got to buy a cigar. Yeah, they don't want you just hanging out. <laughs> and they not give you a, a discount cigar. for yeah. that cigar. So, but you get to decide, right? You can you, you can buy a cigar or a soda or whatever. But I mean, uh, at, but at the other place, you can order uh, dinner, or you'll be able to order an appetizer or a drink or something. It'll be nice. Yeah, you're good. So, slash conference Okay. So the 1689, when we're in chapter 15, um, and we're and we're reading this thing, the uh, the definition is that. Um, let me go to paragraph three. Okay. So that it is where a person being by the Holy Spirit made sensible of the manifold evils of his sin, mm-hmm. does by faith in Christ, humble himself for it with godly sorrow, de- detestation of it, and self-abhorrency, praying for pardon and strength of grace with a purpose and endeavor by the supplies of the Spirit to walk before God unto all well-pleasing in all things. Mm. Uh all right, so we can break this down into – we're just going to break this down into five basic sections yeah. here uh, just to make sense of it, right? So the first thing is that repentance sees our sin as true evil. Yeah, I mean the, the it says it right there in the confession, made sensible of the manifold evils of his sin. So oftentimes we we walk, at least I do, I'm blind to my sin, right? I'm blind to the way that, that not only does it, it affect me or affect others, but how my attitude, my heart, my thoughts – how these things uh, are in disobedience to God's law. Yeah. And it, I mean, that's what we're talking when we say that, like, listen, uh, repentance is when we begin to see our sin as truly evil. It, it means that we're, we're no longer justifying the presence of our sin. Mm. We're no longer softening uh, the nature of our sin. We're not trying to make excuses of our sin. Right. So it's like you recognize, like, listen, what I did. Sure, you had reasons for what you did, but your reasons were ultimately not worth it. Mm-hmm. They were inappropriate. Uh, they may have felt right, but your reasoning for your sin is folly. And and until you see that your your sin is evil, it's uh, it's impossible to repent. Because true repentance is going to be rooted in our response to God, That's not right. just in our response to people. So it, it has to be rooted in that. And I mean, this is this is a hard word. That word evil is a hard word. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> to say, like, I recognize my sin is evil does a few things, doesn't it? It's like I can't – I won't be um, overly focused on other people's failures if I see my sin – as evil. I think it's easy to see other people's sins as evil, especially if those sins are different than our sins. Yeah. Or we look at people who've done something really bad. Um, like, okay. So there's a, there's a famous former pastor that was fired, uh, here locally. We've talked about him before and it's easy for me as a pastor or for Jimmy as a pastor to look at him and his failures and go, what an unbelievable demonstration of evil and wickedness and, and to be mad about it or sad about it. Right. But and it's it's not wrong to to see that and to recognize it and learn from it. But yeah, there's a righteous anger there. Yeah. But I I I definitely need to see that my sin is evil and that while maybe I haven't fallen in those particular ways, um, in and of myself, I am still a, a, a wicked person who has done wicked things who deserves condemnation. But by God's grace, He has led us uh, into repentance. So this there's a there's a quote from A. W. Pink on this um, where he says evangelical repentance is a hard apprehension of the exceeding sinfulness of sin. It's a really good book by Ralph Venning, a, a Puritan, uh, Ralph Venning. Uh, and uh, it's called the sinfulness of sin. Uh, it, one of my wife's favorite uh, Puritan books. I remember when she was reading it back in the day. And this is something that we could do a little bit more time with uh, you know, in our own lives because 
when you see your sin as evil, it produces humility. It produces dependency on God. Um, it, it makes you want to run away from the thing. If you really see it, if you don't see it as evil, if you just see it as, eh, you know, eh, it's an inconvenience. Yeah, it's, it's a little bad. It's bad. Yeah. But, you know, it's not, you know, if you don't. But am I really hurting anyone? You know, and they, they, they might have had it coming. You know, mm-hmm. some people have it coming, you know, in our own hearts, we feel that way. So you don't distance yourself from your sin unless you see it as evil. Yeah. You're just going to, you're going to stay close to it because it's not what, what's so scary. Yep. So not only uh, repentance sees our sin as evil, but also repentance is connected to faith in Christ. The, oh. the confession says does by faith in Christ. So faith and repentance, we've talked about this, are, yeah. are, are inseparable. Joe. Right. They, they're connected together, mm-hmm. but one does precede the other. Yeah. I mean, look, faith and repentance are different things. Right. Faith is dependency on Christ for the mm-hmm. forgiveness of sins, um, whereas repentance is is a, is a turning away from sin. So faith turning towards, depending upon uh, repentance, turning away and fleeing from. Uh, they're, they're different things, but uh, they are forever linked together. Yeah, and they're 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 they, they come. Yeah, they're together. on LinkedIn. They're, is that what is that still a thing? People I, do that. I, I don't know. I don't do it. OK. I know, I know that it's a thing. I just don't really know. I, I know it's a thing still because I keep getting email updates like somebody's asking you for something and I'm like, I don't. So then why don't you just disable it? I don't know. Then I have to go do something. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do, do anything. So, But you'd rather just get the email? Yeah, I don't do anything with it. Well, you have, you have to archive it. Oh, you have I don't, you, do I archive, Jimmy? Never mind. There you Joe, go. Joe mm-hmm. and I shared email account, and mm-hmm. I'm always mad at him mm-hmm. all the time. Just do your part and archive. My my part is to is to is to receive, and your part no, is to archive. You you receive, but you don't do anything. Yeah, that's right. Because I've already received it. Well, that's then my just, thing. Just archive it right there. Then. Yeah. Why can't you just archive it right there? Multitasking, dude. Like I really. Oh, I know. It's so I know. Inu- I know. Like it, it's I know. it's so frustrating oh, for man. me. It really gets yeah. me like. But you're so good at it, you can do it quicker. <laughs> I just your power user. You get to inbox zero all the time. I just don't understand. I don't, I don't need you to understand me. I just need you to accept me, Jim. No, I'm okay? not going to accept you. I get, okay. Here, here's the thing: you recognize the evil of your sin. Why, no, I don't. Why won't you just? No, because it's not. Why won't you it's just not. turn away from it? Okay, because uh, that's you're just talking like a Pharisee now. You know, oh, the Pharisees <laughs> would be at inbox zero every day. By the way, all right. So listen, repentance is connected to faith in Christ. So, uh, Jimmy, what you were saying is is that one precedes the other. Faith. Uh, uh, precedes repentance. So our repentance is connected to and stems from faith in Jesus. Some people get this backwards and sometimes we do because even, even Jesus um, and the, the authors, authors of scripture will sometimes put repentance first, or they will just say repent for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Um, but that's just because faith and repentance come together. They are experienced together. Uh, re- technically, if you're getting technical repentance follows faith because a, you can't properly see uh, your sin uh, for what it is and deal with it until you properly see Jesus for who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, until you have faith in Christ, you, the moment you believe you are, I'm sorry, the moment you are regenerated, you believe faith in Jesus. And now the necessary consequence of that is that you begin hating the things that uh, that you used to love and turning away from the things that are yeah. an offense to God. Now, you, I mean, you can read, you know, John Calvin on this in the Institutes and um, find a bunch of other books. It's it's helpful uh, to a degree, even though it's it's a little bit technical. Start arguing in this way, um, but the main reason I, I think I would want to make this clear to people is that faith precedes repentance, just like regeneration precedes faith, is because it gets confusing for people uh, in their evangelistic endeavors. It's almost if repentance precedes faith, and you're, it sounds like you're saying, well, look, what what you need to do is you need to you need to clean up your life mm. before you're going to be accepted by God. It can really sound like works. Yeah. Right. You need to, you need to do all these right things and then God will receive you. Uh, and 
or then you're ready to believe. Whereas like, I think what we've seen in the past for a lot of people is a lot of non-Christians clean up their lives and that's not salvation. It doesn't, no. it, it, it actually, they actually feel worse because they've done their best and they're still found wanting. Mm-hmm. So faith is the means by which we experience salvation. We accept the gift offered to us. No confusion over works. And then works are the outflow and repentance is one of them. Yeah. Uh, third, repentance is sorry for sin and hates sin. The confession says, humble himself for it with godly sorrow, detestation of it, and self-abhorrency. Yeah, right. So it's – there is legit regret, right? Yeah. There is um, a – like in Second Corinthians 7.10, right? Godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly sorrow produces death. So there is a grief, but it's a godly grief. It's a, it's a sincere sorrow over what we have done. Like, listen, I can, I can do something wrong and know that it was wrong, recognize it, and even say like, wow, that's something I should repent for. But sometimes there's no sorrow yet. It's just like, yeah. I don't. I'm not feeling it. I, I like they're, you know, they were mean to me. And so I mean, I overreacted, but again, I'm just basically justifying. I'm not seeing the justifying my sin. I'm not seeing the evil of it. So until you see the evil of it, you're not going to have this, this godly sorrow mm-hmm. um, and, and hatred for sin. Yeah. I mean, uh, Watson said there is no rowing to paradise except upon the stream of repenting tears till sin be bitter. Christ will not be sweet. That's not fair. Watson is not allowed to have two sentences in one paragraph, <laughs> one right after the other, where they're both like worthy of meditating on uh, and tweeting and, and, and making t-shirts out of that's okay. So there is no rowing to paradise except on the streams of repenting tears, right? The believer, yes. uh, the Christian on his way to glory is on this, this stream of, of sorrow for what they have done. Mm-hmm. Until sin be bitter, Christ will not be sweet. I've heard that. We've all probably heard that a million times. Well, now you know who it's from. It's from Watson. Mm. So repentance um, is sorry for sin and it hates sin, right? There's a change in our heart, in our yeah. attitude, in our mind. Our desires uh, right? change. Yep. Exactly, exactly. And then we see that repentance seeks God's forgiveness and grace. Like it says, praying for pardon and strength of grace. So when you're confessing your sins, and you guys know this. I mean, Jimmy and I know it. We've been forgiven of our sins and we've been justified and God's accepted us. But we also, when we're in the midst of sinning and now we're repenting and we're, we're praying, we're talking to God, we say, God, forgive me for what I've done. Cleanse me from, un- from my unrighteousness as I confess my sins. I trust that you're doing this because this work of forgiveness is an ongoing reality. Uh, it is a, it is in a sense like a reappropriation in our own minds about the, the grace that we have in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're, praying for pardon with confidence that we have it because Jesus died for our sins. Mm-hmm. We're not praying for pardon as if it's up in the air if God's going to give it to us. Yeah, or not. maybe, maybe, you know, flip 50-50 flip. It's like if you're sorry enough, you know, nobody's going to have perfect sorrow for sin. But there is real sorrow for sin still that we have to have. And that, in that, we begin praying, we seek for pardon, but also strength of grace, right? The mm. this 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 idea that uh we need uh God's grace in order to be strong and to do what comes next. To know that the sin still dwells, right? Yeah. And that to be thinking that, uh, like, I've prayed the prayer, I've said I'm sorry, that, okay, I'm good to go now. You know, I'm I'm super Christian. Is that that overconfidence will be your undoing. I'm done. I'm done with that. I can move on, not worry mm-hmm. about this thing anymore. But to know I need the strength of God. Not only do you need God to point that sin out and give you that that grace of repentance, you need God for the strength to continue uh, not sinning. 
right or not going turning back to it you know and i i, th- I think ah oh, man some of these some of these doctrines and some of these points always feel like this of course it's obvious we all know we're all nodding our heads and saying yes but we need reminding mm-hmm. and we have to revisit this because the tendency is for a lot of us and i know for me is to feel like at some point okay i'm good and i stop worrying not that you should worry i stop engaging with a spiritual mind about the danger of a particular sin. I, it's like I stop thinking about it. I, I don't prepare myself to wage war against it. And uh, and that's usually when we wind up getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then uh, finally, repentance endeavors to obey God. It says here, with a purpose and endeavor by supplies of the Spirit to walk before God unto all well-pleasing ple- well in all things. Mm. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. So, I mean, repentance is... You know, it's a change of mind. It's a change of heart that leads to a change of life. The repented person wants to please God. We, they want to do good. Yeah. They want to obey. They look at the law and they go, man, that looks good. That law looks sweet. We're no longer crushed by it. We've been, you know, Jesus was crushed by it uh, for our sins. He has fulfilled the law. And now the law shows us the way to go. And so we're praying for God's grace to give us strength to walk in the law that we actually do delight in. We think it is good. We know that it is spiritual. We know that it is holy. But repentance means not only that, well, I want to please God, but I am going to endeavor Mm. by the supplies of the Spirit, endeavor by the gift of God's grace that he gives to me to continue in these things. And it so number one, it, there's an endeavor, right? There's this attempt yeah, to live a godly intentionality. life. So it, it doesn't just happen by accident. And it's also, it's an endeavor. It's not a, a, a perfection, right? It's not something that you're going to do perfectly. Mm-hmm. So endeavoring by the grace of God to walk before God as well-pleasing. Now, I came across this quote by James Montgomery Boyce. Yeah, boys. Yeah, this is the Presbyterian boys, not the Baptist boys. That's James Pettigrew boys who founded Southern Seminary uh, in 1859. And now this is the James Montgomery boys who founded the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Mm. He passed away, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago. I don't remember. Um, but a brilliant guy, wrote a great book, a number of books. Foundations of the Christian Faith is one that I recommend to everybody. Um, listen to what he says about this as it relates to repentance um, being uh, sort of repentance and the, the awareness of our sin being uh, an ongoing aspect of who we are. He says, we need a confession that is something like the line repeated by each of the participants at a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Quote, my name is Joe and I am an alcoholic. Right? That's how they introduce themselves to one another in those meetings. Well, he says, never mind that the speaker may not have had a drink in 10 years. His past is always before him. And the only way he is able to stay sober is by remembering not merely what he was, but what he is. I have a good friend with whom I meet most weeks. And one thing he has shared with me is that he never begins a prayer without saying something like, Lord, I am a sinner. I sin all the time in my thoughts and in what I do. I need your forgiveness always and I ask for it now. Hmm. So, yeah, it's like the addict understands I am an addict. Right. By nature. Like this is something that is true of me. And so I've got to fight against it. Yeah. And uh, us as, as sinners need to realize we are naughty by nature. Ooh. Not because not because I hate you. Right. But 
I don't know the rest. Oh, um, I'll wait for you. Yeah. So listen, this, this is what we're talking about when we're talking about repentance. And this is why the catechism uh, is, is so good, right? Because it summarizes the whole. Repentance unto life is a saving grace whereby a sinner out of a true sense of his sin and apprehension of the mercy of God in Christ does with grief and hatred of his sin turn from it unto God. Mm. With full purpose of and endeavor after new obedience. That's what, that's what's exciting about repentance, right? Repentance should be an exciting time. It's not just a time of mourning over your sin because it's the beginning of something new. It's the beginning of new obedience, fresh obedience, fresh wind, fresh fire. No, no, no. No, no, not that, not not the last. Okay. So the point is, (laughs) is that it's, um, like, wow, I've, I've really screwed up. I've done the wrong thing. But listen, God not only continues to forgive me, he not only continues to cleanse me, but he also continues to empower me and then call me to walk in this way. And so now with I, there is a renewed sense of, of obedience in my turning away from my sin. Like you can honor God in your life coming out of a disaster, coming out of something terrible. You can not just do the right thing, but there should be an excitement that I'm actually going to walk in the ways of God and it'll please him because it stems from faith and it's his working in me. It's not like God. See, here's how people wrongly think about it like this. People think, okay, I've really messed up and I'm going to repent and now I'm going to do what's right. And as you begin to do what's right, you're constantly thinking, yeah, but I haven't proven myself yet to God. He's probably not enjoying this Mm -hmm. thing that I'm doing right now because I'm coming out of such a bad, bad frame. It doesn't work that way. God rejoices in your works, in your obedience, however imperfect they are, when they stem from faith, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, you can please God. Mm -hmm. And Christ perfects the works that you offer so that they are perfect anyways. So this is what repentance is, internal change, external change. But it's, it's important for us. Especially those of us in you know the Reformed tradition, or those of us who are very theologically interested or curious, that we are doers of repentance and not just oh I don't know knowers of repentance. Yeah, right. It's it's easy for us to like oh I, I got the catechism memorized and which is cool and and it's helpful and God can use it and I know all about it. I can teach on it. I can lecture on it. Uh, we can do a podcast on it. It's not enough to. Um, you know, know about repentance, we have to be practicers, practitioners of, of repentance. And even then, if we're going to be practitioners of repentance, if we're going to be true repenters, we have to be sure that our repentance is the right kind of repentance. Because we've talked about this before as well. There yeah. are two basic kinds of repentance. And you see this reflected in Scripture. Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it earlier in Second Corinthians 7.10. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. So we've got one here that goes unto life and one mm. that goes unto death. So we need to know and, and be careful and to watch ourselves that we don't fall into that wrong kind of repentance. And it's easy to because, um, goodness, uh, it, it, one is easier than the other. One it feels better than the other. Now, the way that it's been talked about historically among uh, the Reformed tradition, John Calvin, the Puritans after, is they talk about legal repentance and evangelical repentance. And legal repentance is a turning away from sin, right? Okay. It is a, it is a, a, you, know, you see what you've done and you turn away from it and you start to do the right things, right? But this kind of repentance is not the kind of repentance we see in the Bible. This is um, occasional, mm-hmm. it is self-interested, and it is external. Yeah. So when we say that it is occasional, legal repentance is occasional means that um, this is not the norm of your life. No, uh, It is when a, a, a situation, a circumstance 
is uh, intense enough, sensitive enough, dire enough that warrants for you on this occasion to change your behavior. It's like a crisis or, or something critical, right? Yeah, it's and, a crisis moment. Which which kind of leads into number two, right? Mm-hmm. It's it This kind of legal repentance is self-interested, mm-hmm. right? It, it's not necessarily about how have I affected others or more importantly, how I've broken God's law. Right. Uh, it, it's about... I don't like this thing that that's happening to me. I got busted. Yeah. And now I'm going to jail. I feel really, yeah. Oh Lord, please no. Kind of thing. Right. Or I'm, or I'm embarrassed because my wife found out what I did or my kids saw me do this thing or my, my friends witnessed me doing this thing. And so we're, there's a sense of embarrassment and shame that can move a person to change their life or clean up their life. Uh, but it's purely because of how it affects them. Yeah. So it's, uh, you talk about it's, uh, it's legal or in the sense that it's legal, it's occasional, it's self-interested, but it's also just external. Right. It's it, real repentance. We've already seen is inward. It's a yeah. work of the spirit. It is, it is not just behavior modification. Correct. It is heart change, character transformation. So legal repentance is easy. It is common. It is everywhere. It is the, and, and as a pastor of a church, People are doing it around of you. Of course. And, and, so and we to are doing it. Yeah. We, we, so like we got to identify it in us. We got to be able to help people see that they are doing it as well. And I'm not, we're not suggesting that you walk around, you know, you know, with a checklist and, you know. No, I am. Are you really doing I, that? I am suggesting. And do you start with the younger folk or the older folk? Older always. Really? How come? Uh, they don't have much time. There, there it is. I knew you were going to say that. Um, that's a, you're a terrible person. You're well, a terrible, well, you're I, a terrible I, person. You're trying me, to get them ready for heaven, though. It's good. That's what I'm trying yeah. to do. See, okay. it's, 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 it's about them. So um, evangelical obedience, though, is what we – I mean, evangelical repentance is the kind of repentance that we've been talking about. It's the kind of repentance that's, that's modeled in Scripture, that's called for in Scripture, and it is therefore constant, God-focused, and internal, right? So to say that it is constant, we, we simply mean that um, repentance is the norm. Like yeah. there, there, there shouldn't be a week in your life where repentance isn't happening. There shouldn't be a day, a day about in your it. life when <laughs> repentance, re- repentance isn't necessary and not only necessary, but being practiced. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a re it's a constant reorientation away from the corruption of our hearts and our habits. Um, this is why in Luther's 95 theses, right? Everybody likes to go to this. It's, it's, it's the one of his 95 theses that Christians know that Protestants know today that it's maybe, maybe even, some Baptists know this one. Uh, the first of his 95 theses was when our Lord and master Jesus Christ said, repent, he meant that the entire life of believers should be one of repentance. So it's not a punctiliar one-time thing. It's not an occasional thing. It's supposed to be the norm. And the reason it has to be the norm is because your the, the presence of sin, which is going to be constant in your life until the end, mm-hmm. uh, the, the presence of sin and corruption and the presence of true faith in Christ that's going to create a constant interaction between the two, which means repentance is going to be a constant. Yep. Not, not perfect, but a constant. Uh, number two, it should be God-focused, right? It should be focused on on how we have disobeyed him. It's how, how we have transgressed right. against him, how we have broken against God's law. I mean, Psalm 51, specifically mm-hmm. uh, verse four, against you, yep. against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justifying your words and blameless in your How can judgment. he say that when he sinned against Uriah and Bathsheba too? Because ultimately he he sinned against God's law, against God's standard, against God's holiness. That's, that's the ultimate offense. Yes. So yes, David is not saying like, no, I didn't take advantage of that woman and abuse my power. No, and he's not dismissing that as a lesser sin. Yeah, I sort of kind of killed Uriah. 
Yeah, sort of, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Well, sort of but you and you only, Lord. Yeah. Because it's like those things are legit, and he hates them. But as bad, and and this is important. We're talking about adultery and murder. Those are biggins. Yeah, <laughs> those are those are significant <laughs> sins. And what I mean by that is that they have much greater consequences on other people than some other sins. These are intense like hatred or lust, of, right? So like, yeah, hatred and lust. Enough to send you to hell for sure. Mm-hmm. But the consequences of those sins are not as significant as these. Those are real. And yet he still says against you and you only have I sinned to demonstrate that the one that has really been offended and the most um, egregious act of of transgression isn't against people, but against God. So that that's um, – I like that God-focused. And it's internal, right? So it's not just like, oh, I'm going to you know, keep my mouth closed yeah. and not complain anymore, which is like my thing. I like to complain a lot. Especially you are when complaining. I, when I, especially when I drive. Um, All, every time. I was just talking to my daughter because I drive, I drive my daughter home from work. And I'm always commenting on what people are doing wrong as, as they drive improperly. Mm-hmm. And she's my, – my daughter, Catherine, she's the sweetest girl in the world. Very she sweet. I don't know. Smiles. That's, that's not your She kid. never complains. She's never complained once in 17 years of her life. She's never heard no, nothing, Yeah, nothing like no, you. She's probably not my kid. She's probably mixed up at the hospital. So um, we, I was talking about this, about how like, man, you know what? Being with you makes me want to complain less, you know. And Jen is this way too, unless she doesn't, unless she doesn't respond this way. Uh, like when you just kind of smile and just kind of like, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. it's almost like I, I recognize a, you're being kind to me. You're not telling me to shut up. Um, but B, you actually understand that what I'm doing is wrong, and your silence and patience is convicting. Um, so I was just talking to her about like, you know, it's not enough for me to shut my mouth. And then rage on the inside. That's not repentance. Repentance mm. is internal. See, the legal guy would be like, wow, I was really embarrassed because my family uh, thinks less of me for talking in the car when I drive. Um, so I'm going to stop that. It ought to be uh, – so you're raging on the inside while you still keep your mouth shut. It needs to be an internal change where we are sorry for what we've done. We, we learn to mortify those feelings. And then, therefore, our mouth is not just quiet while the storm rages on the inside, but our mouth is quiet. For, in, in fact, maybe it's even characterized by um, statements of, of praise or patience, you know, in contrast to what we would normally be feeling. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the evangelical repentance that we want. Legal repentance, uh, okay, you know, that's – it's not that that doesn't do any good in the world, but it's certainly not the kind of repentance that God is calling us to uh, in scripture, and it's not the kind of repentance that uh, the Baptists talk about in the 1689, chapter 15, paragraph 3. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoFoStore.com, and grab some gear. We're just weeks away from the conference. You're going to want to head on over there slash conference uh, and grab yourself that swag bag. You got get registered, whether you're a student uh, or We had not. to get a bigger swag bag, guys. We had to get a bigger yeah, we swag We had bag. to get a bigger one because so, there's more, yeah, we there's to, more to be enough. stuff to give away. We had a bigger swag bag. And you know what? And Jimmy wanted to go with like a canvas book tote. And Brian and I were like, that's the lamest idea ever. Canvas book tote. So it's not going to be a canvas book tote, even though that's what Jimmy wanted on a canvas book tote. I wanted uh, something that they could use. And yeah. Ke- yeah. Not the no, cat. You, had, I didn't you want said you wanted a canvas book tote with a cat on it. And we were like, that's super lame. No, so we I didn't got say like cat. A, I said gerbil. This mylar, this bag. It's hard. It's like, it's not hard. It's like strong, thick, thick plastic. It holds all the stuff. 
I mean, you don't have to look like uh, like a cat lady at a at a bookshop. You, you look cool at the D. If you conference. think of it, head on over to iTunes and leave us that honest five star review. Yeah, book, Sharing book is bag. caring. Let everybody that? else know it's about the book podcast. Book First lady, pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video like content on Fridays. Have a book Later. Bag.